You're listening to the MC Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture, coming to you from the campus of Mississippi College in Clinton, Mississippi. try to do anything on that computer we need to move it well just the keyboard just get a sarah shelf below the uh, yeah, regular people a, shelf can i have a separate shelf about six S- inches lower sarah needs a sarah shelf for the or keyboard like, and the mouse like a step stool <laughs> <laughs> a bar stool to sit on a ladder there's a bar stool right beside you i don't think that's tall okay you mean you need like a high a high uh, I like, need a, like, one of those like a high chair like a tall boy <laughs> I'm not gonna move this, but it's about the We'll high. experiment later. <laughs> it's worse than worse it was. Than <laughs> so the table we were collecting data at was way too low anyway for me to analyze That's data true. at. It was a little low for me. So we need to get a different table for us to I be able to do in data analysis starting challenged. on Monday because Monday we will start data analysis. Oh, they get, but we're done with data collection. So Vocal Fry would like to report that we are done with data collection as no. of yesterday. We had 11 subjects who all came in one who went to the medical center to be screened and two who came in four days in a row and we didn't have anyone who started data collection and then stopped in the middle of a that's week. true like that was my fear like his fear was that somebody just wouldn't show up the first day mainly my fear was that they would show up the first day and forget like the third day and then you know we have two days that are just worthless but, but um, they all showed up every day. Yay. And like sometimes that meant coming in at eight every day for them and us, obviously. But for them. Yeah. And they're not getting as much out of this, I don't think. You know, it was interesting. First of all, we also have a guest host. Ashlyn's oh, back yes. with us. Because Leah's in the room where it happens. Yeah, I can't stand her. <laughs> or she'll be in the room where it happens tonight. I don't know. I don't care. Or tomorrow. Go wherever the, the heck she wants. She's closer to the room where it happens than we are. Although this is the vocal fry room where it happens, so that counts for something, uh, uh, right, Sarah? But uh, psh. uh no, no, no. It counts for. I don't know. It's Hamilton. I don't know. Oh Hamilton's my. like up there. Oh my. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so Leah's in Chicago enjoying Hamilton. So Ashlyn's back with us. Yeah, uh, but we are excited about. But it. yeah, no. So it was. It, what I was going to say is, I will. S- the the subjects had very different responses. Yes, they did. Um, you know, some were just happy to participate and just sort of smile and go on their just way. Chill, and, yeah. Uh, one subject this week was just sort of ecstatic. Like yeah, they, they were like, "This was so. This fun. was so cool." And I was like, "Well, good." It kind of caught me off guard. I wasn't anticipating that reaction. Not from... Mm, this is getting specific. Just from that person. It was It was just... It caught me off guard. Well, but it was nice. and there was a subject along the way who, you know, who desperately wanted to watch their screen themselves and yeah. watch their own data and watch their own things happen. And, and I'm like, stop. Go away. <laughs> Don't look at this. That would have been Shoot. me. Shoot. Like, very <laughs> analytically, like, wait, what am I doing? 
And I'm what like, am I, I what am I am I doing the thing? I'm <laughs> like, well, right? you're just that's what they want to know. Yes. Usually they want to know if they're doing it right. That would be the funny thing, like doing the laryngeal manipulation. You know, they got their hands all up in their throat and stuff. And um, they would like look at that. You would all of a sudden realize they're like looking at you with this kind of panicked look. And I was like, oh, I'd always be like, oh, my gosh, are you OK? Like, are you uncomfortable? And they'd be like, no, am I am I doing it right? And I was like, oh, um, well, we're not going to touch your neck for you. So follow the video. Well, and I just told them I was like, we really haven't been giving anyone any sort of instruction. So there's no real. We did. It's all in the video. Yeah, it's in the video. We weren't giving anyone live instruction. Yeah. yeah. That so. way, our instruction was the same for every subject. So I was just like, you Hence do. the point you do. of wa- of recording the videos, yeah, so that the that the protocol remained consistent across subjects. But they were so concerned that, like, what am I am I doing this right? Yeah. Which I get it, like you know, especially with things where you're like reaching in the thyroid hyoid space and things like that. Like you're not. You don't want to yourself to that, and especially people that maybe haven't taken pedagogy or anatomy yet. They're kind of like, I don't even know what this is. Am I in the right place? What mm-hmm. am I grabbing? Am I about to crush? Yesterday. That was my biggest fear was that before I knew that you really can't, that and you they, would crush they've it. They've never done a study before, and they probably haven't done a ton of research into, into studies. So they don't know that just like baseline information is all good information. So right. Even if they did it Wrong. incorrectly, per se, the information's still good. That's true, because, I mean, if you were going to do this, you can't always guarantee that everybody doing this is doing this correctly. Right. Right. In fact. Um, yes. It's just interesting. I will. Also, people's desire to make one big pah at the beginning. Oh, my. Is like pa, hilarious. Pa, and you're like, no, it would be like, No, it's just the syllable train. Pa, 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 pa. And they're like. <laughs> and they'll try to do it every time and you're like you're gonna make yourself sick please like stop. good or, or hurt somebody's ears like i just did in the podcast i'll have to like normalize that audio yeah it was interesting like i'll kind of miss data and collection a little occasionally like it's kind of fun um but at the same time i'm i'm okay with it being done I'm, I'm really okay with Sarah it. Sarah just doesn't want to have to get up early in the morning. Yeah. Like, I don't mind getting up early, but it's having to get up and, like, immediate, like, mm, getting up at 6, and then at 6.15, having to force myself to take the stupid dog on a walk. <laughs> like, it's dark out. I don't want to be walking. Sarah, she needs to walk. I know. And she lets me know, like, if I don't, like, if, she, like if for instance, I'm going to take her to, like, Jamie's mom's for the day instead of keeping her around which means i don't need to walk her like she'll get real angsty with me until she realizes she's going in the car she'll, she'll just come up and she'll be like hey and she'll start like pawing at me like hey you forget something <laughs> we we have things to do i need to make sure everything's okay that the neighborhood is still exists. That the neighborhood <laughs> is still safe because she thinks like because we take pretty much the same loop every day and i think she is pretty like convinced that like this is her thing she must protect must check on everything everything needs to be checked make sure it's still in its spot you know dogs are doing that that's what they're doing yeah so are the ducks still there they're um so (laughs) weird thing out of the original ducks all of them except gimpy (laughs) um got killed by a fox uh, Gimpy survived. Gimpy somehow <laughs> survived. What are the natural selection would not say that this should have been a thing, but it was. But then some 
person in the neighborhood bought some more ducks because they thought Gimpy might be lonely. And so they bought some new ducks. And actually, I think there were some female ducks in this little group. But uh, all of them except for one have died. So there's Gimpy and this duck with like black spots on it now. If you'd like to revisit ducks, you can go back and listen to our season one episode, Ducks, Regenerations, and Gnats. I am amazed that you remember the exact episode we talked about the it ducks. It was in the title. I mean, I don't remember the titles. I only remember it because it was in the title. I listened to it and I don't remember it. Ah, it not, there you have it. I lived it and I'm like, there, there's a title. But does Arya still like to befriend the ducks or try to befriend the ducks? Oh, yeah. Um... It doesn't go well. (laughs) So we have some vocal fry congratulations to pass on to Sarah, who was an honorable mention in the professional category of the John Alexander voice competition. Did you think at any point, even three years ago, that you would win or be an honorable mention in a competition singing musical theater? No, not singing musical theater. (laughs) Not, Not even a little. Because until last year, I didn't really think I could sing musical theater and there we have it folks so what did you sing uh summer in ohio from <gasps> oh, last i five love years, that song which was super fun started with that which was great and i think it really because i think the judges had been listening to uh, opera all day and they seemed very caught off guard when you know i just kind of broke into that and then i did the light in the piazza from the light, light in, in the, the piazza. piazza in fact so it was fun it was really fun um it was different doing musical theater instead of opera. Because I don't know. Like, I feel like with musical theater, which this is probably just in my head, I feel a lot freer to, like, really move around and move away from the piano and really just do stuff than I do. like you should do in opera anyway? That's the thing. Like, I'm pretty sure but I we should don't. do that That's operatically. No, but you should need but to. But we should. We should. But I feel like so often when you... If you you go to these competitions or like winter's concerts or whatever, like in Nats, and people stand there. They stand at the piano. They don't really leave their little bubble and they sing their aria and then they, they move sing on. their aria. Mm-hmm. And like, we're like, mm-hmm. oh, they were so poised. And being poised is like a great thing when you're singing opera. You want people to be like, wow, they're so poised. They just have this natural. I would rather than be interesting. I know, but at the same time, I don't when know. When the nerves know kick I- in. And you're on stage, and you're like, everyone's watching me. They're the judges, and they're doing the little scribbly thing on their notepads, and they're looking at you through their eyebrows. And you just, you get nervous. And so then you're like, what's status quo is I'm going to stand and sing because I know I can do that. Yeah. But I will say, like, this was the first time, like, saying, like, you know, I moved around and stuff. This is the first time that I've done, at least in this competition, when the judges looked at me the whole time. In the past when I've done this competition, the judges have been looking at my resume or maybe looking at their list for the rest of the day. I don't know. And just writing the occasional thing. But this time, like, they were watching me. And I got to say that was nice. So, like. In fact. Uh, I, I will say that, that, that I, I think I often come off as off- offensive to, to students or, or people I'm adjudicating. I think the most, the biggest compliment I ever give people is if they're interesting. And I think people are confused by that. Because like that to me is like the biggest compliment I can give anybody. Like that was an interesting. Like if you actually captivated me and gained my attention, man, you won. Because it happens not all the time. Well, I mean <laughs> that's my thing. Like it was really nice to to know that like they were watching me, that they they were right. It made engaged. me feel like yeah they were engaged because usually 
you do these competitions and you're sitting there and you can totally see the judges because there's only three of them in the room. And like, let's be real. Most of the time, they're just kind of like looking at the table. They might glance up and look at you occasionally. But then they look at like a list and they write a little thing and you're just like, you're not into this because, I mean, they're probably watching the same thing, hearing the same thing all day. I hate the writing. Yeah. I hate when they look. I don't mind the looking at the list or looking at the table. I hate the writing because then my brain immediately is like, well, what are they writing? And then I've lost my train of thought of whatever I was thinking of singing and character wise. And I'm just thinking, what are they writing? What are you writing? You know, one of my former colleagues always used to say that the biggest mistake that singers ever make or performers ever make is thinking backwards. And what he meant was whether you're distracted by what someone's writing or whether you're distracted by a mistake you made in the music, you've already made another mistake because you're not thinking forward right. and like, you're thinking backwards. I mean, once it's once it's out there, once it's in the room, there's no changing. I know, I know. Ah! <laughs> I can't remember if we've mentioned this on the podcast yet. Ah, so I don't know once the sound know. wave is in the room, you can't, can't change, change it. it. That applies to so much in life. Once it's uh-huh. out there, you can't get back. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. I was wondering if he was going to mention the toothpaste. The toothpaste. Uh, yeah. He did not do I that. I didn't do toothpaste this year. With his class year. this year, I was mildly offended. I didn't do toothpaste this year. It was very upsetting. You should just bring it to class one day and do it yeah. anyway. Just be like, you, toothpaste. <laughs> Squeeze it. <laughs> he then did. It's funny. He skipped the toothpaste, but then the next day, the next class, he was like, usually in the previous class, I would have brought three tubes of toothpaste and proceeded to like go through and kind of talk through what he does with the toothpaste. But, but just no without the toothpaste. toothpaste. What was the point? <laughs> what was the point? I don't know. Speaking of toothpaste. this week in undergraduate pedagogy. Sarah knew this was coming. Wait, what happened? So this week, it was actually a really good week. So this has been Phonation Week in undergraduate pedagogy, and on Tuesday, rather than well, actually, we've been in Phonation for a while now because I started. I started with SOVTs. Actually, I was there for that class. Yeah, you were there for that. So that was actually the beginning of Phonation. Okay, the beginning. So starting with sort of a what would you do if there's a Phonation problem. Um, and we're going to actually come back to, to that rap, which is good. Uh, we're going to come back to that next week. But, um, I, rather than just like dive into laryngeal anatomy or diving into the vocal folds or diving even into things like, you know, phonation as this myoelastic aerodynamic thing and whatever, I took about what, 40 minutes almost it I was mean, the better part of a maybe class. Maybe not 40 minutes, because the class is 50 minutes. So like, like maybe 20, 30 minutes? 25, Yeah, because I did like talk that. about vocal folds that day. Then. Yeah, you, you did get through nine whole slides out of 36. 46. 46. I was wrong about the number. Um, so you should have just kept that. <laughs> it was better with nine and 36. Anyway, um, so right. I actually time? took maybe 25 or 30 minutes, and I described phonation. So rather than me, talk, again, diving right into stuff, I wanted these students, because here's the thing. I remember being in a pedagogy class, like the first time I was being presented acoustics, and thinking about phonation, and I was like, well, what is that? What does that word mean, and what is this? what is it? Yeah, you start with all these anatomical structures, and I mean, we just... We're not familiar with those. Okay, so, and I will cite 
that the question I'm going to ask Sarah, my lecture is largely based on things that I've garnered over the years from Johann Sundberg, from Brian Gill, from Ian really Howell, from from lots of lots of dear friends of but mine. But it's for you and not I, for me. I, I knew what the question was going to be, and now I'm not sure I do. Go but on. Sarah, can you describe to Ashlyn phonation as a puff train? Sure. I mean... For you podcast people, this won't be as exciting because I feel like this is heavily reliant on like a hand gesture. My hands, my hand gestures are play play the, play. The hand very gesture is pretty important, and unfortunately, none of you in podcast world will get to see this. I don't know. Maybe maybe you can put a little video on Instagram or something. Um, oh uh, yeah, we hand. should do a big puff quick snap in on on Instagram. Yeah. So you know, you got your vocal folds. My hands are currently together. Podcast world. And, you know, you got air and it starts coming up and it starts pushing your vocal folds apart, right? You got pressure beat, blah, blah, pressure is building. Um, and then all of a sudden you have puff, big puff and snap. It snaps back together at the bottom. If you want more sciencey terms, it snaps back together because there's a decrease in pressure because of the increase in velocity. Whoa, I can't help myself. Whoa! I can't help, like... Sarah just brought Bernoulli into the puff train. Yes, um... I, it's funny. I, I couldn't help it because I was talking to Jamie about the phonation and the puff train and stuff the other night, and he got really flippin' excited. And Jamie, this is for you. He insisted that I say that nature abhors a vacuum, which is why, oh! which is why your vocal folds come back together. That I don't think you better listen to this and know that I said your little sentence that you were all excited about. So anyway, all that being said, though, <laughs> which the, is in McCoy's book in. I, yeah, I know. I was like, yeah, I've seen that sentence before. You're not that exciting. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but he thought of it on his own. All that being said, my little hand gesture for, for those of you who can't see my hands because you're listening to a podcast. My hands like roll like they're in the clapping position and they kind of like rolled. Wait, no, I use my hands in prayer hands to describe. Well, this. I better. do it like a clap because. I want to. I do prayer hands. And they start like peeling open from the bottom. And then, you know, when you reach the top and only your like thumb and index finger are together, they snap open and the air escapes and the bottoms come back together. And, and they, they do that hundreds of times up. per second. That's the thing. Like this is obviously very slow. This is like slowed down from what your body is actually doing because your body would be going so fast that literally like as it as it opens at the top, they're coming together at the bottom. and That's why I do it like this, my prayer up. hands. And so it's big puff. But then the spring action at the bottom of the vocal fold has already started to bring the vocal folds together while the top edge is hanging on and puff. Puff. Quick puff snap. Train. Puff, and so, puff, puff. And, and, and basically, if you think of the different kinds of phonation, pressed phonation, breathy phonation, flow phonation, mm -hmm. what you want is big puff quick snap yeah and if you don't have big puff quick snap you likely don't have flow phonation and so it was a it was a 25 to 30 minute talk about phonation as a puff train rather than thinking of it as a vibration source yeah any kind of related i actually think it's the vibration source model that gets confusing because we look at a stroboscopy and we can't see unless you have access to stroboscopy at thousands and thousands of frames per second, which they're out there. But most stroboscopies are not happening at, let's say, 20,000 frames a second. Yeah. And so it, it, it's difficult 
to, in just a basic mucosal wave, image just how fast that big puff quick snap is happening to think of it. It's easier if you're just looking at stroboscopy to think of it as vibration, that the vocal folds chopping air is vibrating. But phonation is really the puff. It, the, the sound wave then rides on that puff because it's in that moment of closure of that quick snap that the vocal tract becomes an efficient resonator. Mm-hmm. And it's only in that moment, in that phase of closure, where the vocal tract is an efficient resonator. And so, in other words, the longer the vocal folds stay closed, the longer the vocal tract remains an efficient resonator. So, hence, we want a big puff buildup, but also a very quick snap. Right. Shut. Because you want more closed. Because you want a longer closed phase. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well assuming you have big puffs going on. Because right. if you just have a longer closed phase without the required air flow, then you have pressed phonation. Right. Yeah, it so we want big puff, quick snap. Well, it was a very effective concept in class to discuss. I mean, if, for example, like I used it to talk to Jamie that night about phonation. And, you know, Jamie's not a vocalist. And I mean, he he got it instantly. Now, of course, Jamie has a background in chemical engineering, and so he got really excited about, about the fluid <laughs> dynamics of the action. A hundred percent. Like he sat there and he was like, "Oh, it's great!" Because if you think about this all as a system, and I was like, "You would oh! system." I know. He got so excited and starts talking about a system and how your lungs are acting like a bellows, and I was like, "Stop! This is ridiculous!" Like this is exactly how I talk about I the voice. I even I, have a model that says. I I told him that, and he was just like, I, "He goes, it makes so much sense." He was like, <laughs> out and like getting all excited talking about fluid dynamics and the Bernoulli effect and blah 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 and I was like yes Jamie good job you get you get phonation more than people who probably are going to sit here and like listen <laughs> to people talk about it for an hour and a half like I think it would really help um so music majors have to take a science yeah if they would take a science like take not just any science but if they would take physics mm-hmm. yeah and they're one of their f- first two years and then take vocal pedagogy vocal pedagogy would make a lot more sense That's if they would take physics true. instead of geology or astrology or whatever even, sciencey class even they would take. more than a biology course when yes. they because here's the thing even compared to a year ago because this has been a progression for me over the last many years I keep teaching anatomy less and less and less because the bottom line is there's no bit of anatomy that could not be looked up on your magic box that you keep in your pocket that you're staring at all day anyway. Right. And even then, like in the grand scheme of anatomy in an anatomy class, you learn the whole body. You'll probably spend a chapter on the neck. Yeah. Like, well, how in depth are you going? Like, let's be real. Like in an anatomy class, you're probably not going to sit there and talk about your thyroid cartilage or hyoid space any, and any certainly of not all of the muscles that attach yeah, to the tongue all those little yeah. bitty muscles and things like that like you're not gonna discuss that actually and, I, and let me just clarify not that as a voice teacher i'm suggesting that knowing anatomy is not helpful and that it's not something you should know because it is knowing the things is important I don't think it's as important as being able to conceptualize the singing voice. Right. Because you can't just Google, now, how do I phonate? How does that flow phonation work again? I mean, you can, but it's going to be a big, you know, big Well, and if you're just looking at the airflow, you know, 
you know, if you're just looking at um, airflow over time and you're looking at graphs of people who have researched airflow over time in phonation, it, just synthesizing that information is a very steep learning curve. Yeah. yeah. But if you can just understand that your vocal folds are there doing that chopping of the air and if you can explain the, the basic differences of me just doing breathy phonation, breast phonation, <laughs> and flow phonation. <laughs> if you can nice. just explain those <laughs> by the different types of snaps and puffs, right? you've basically conceptualized what the vocal folds are doing in singing. Right. And, and that alone, that to me is where the value is is being able to synthesize those from a conceptual point of view. And if you can do that, man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. You know, with the thing of taking a physics class in your first two years, actually in like the catalog, it, it says for music majors, it's like suggested, it suggests that you take physics for life. As your does it really? Class. Yeah. Yes, it does. Now, granted, huh. how many students registering for classes are sitting there looking at the catalog and seeing that it says, suggest it suggests that you take physics for life? Probably not many. And also, like you, you know, there's so many things you have to take. You're probably just going to take an online science class. But it is suggested, and it is also. I took that class. It's an easy class. That's nice. That's. It's physics. It's like elementary physics. Oh, okay. Right. It's like the very, it's less than like a physics one course. Cause I did physics one in high school and then I took uh, physics for today Is it kinda or like, whatever it's called. I think, um, or at least in my high school, there was physical science and then physics. And like physical science was kind of that really basic physics, like very basic momentum and things like that. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Speaking of physics, I'm just going to say this now. So I've documented on the podcast that it was in fact this week. I think in 2050, I'm going to sit on a conference roundtable panel and reference this week as a very strange watershed moment in the progress of what I will call applied voice acoustics. Are you talking about the fundamental thing? I'm not even, t- I'm going way past that. We oh, went, listen, listen, so listen, oh, goodness. listen, I miss everything. listen, <laughs> my, my text message stream usually just begins with this giant OMG and this morning it happened and I had to go stop. That's S T A H P. And it was actually coming to me as a joke, <laughs> but, uh, I would just like to say that I, there is some sub Rosa work currently being done on voice acoustics and waveform analysis that is going to way, way, way clarify the world for singers. But it's also going to require some buy-in from those of us who sort of have invested a lot of time in harmonics and formants. And I'm not prepared to say anything else in the podcast yet, but I think I will point back to this week, this first week of October 2018, as sort of a somewhat of a watershed moment. There you go. In about 30 years. Documented right here. Um so we shall see. I will I we at some point will sort of 
I will share what I'm talking about if I can get some guests on to talk about it. That would it. be really cool. Um, mm-hmm. I need to figure out how we Skype guests because I actually had a couple people ask me about being on the podcast just this week, and I need to figure out how to set up the Skype to work all this. I'll ask. Actually, Jamie might know because he – a weird thing. So in gaming, a lot of times they – will do record the you know sh- live stream yeah, and they're yeah, all yeah. talking to each other and so they are all talking to each other over a voice chat system or even video chat and they manage to stream it out as one channel so he might know and the he, bandwidth he, going in and out of your house must be ridiculous <laughs> he's not well he's usually mm, nah it is ridiculous anyway. i was trying to think <laughs> if it wasn't but his so having spent a lot of time sitting in this office due to data collection over Oh, the Sarah's week, been here observing I, I, my text message I, streams this week. Yes, because he he I don't know if you're even cognizant of the fact that like you say what you're typing because it's sort of an instantaneous like reaction slash type slash send. And so I'm gonna substitute a lot of words with poop real quick. Mm-hmm. And so we'll just be sitting here. Holy poop. Holy pooping poop. <laughs> poop holy poop <laughs> poop poop and get you're not gasping enough <gasps> he does the yeah but um, yeah there was one day it was it was just like every few minutes poop <laughs> poop poop holy pooping poop poop <laughs> you pooping poop you know like, i can't put this on the podcast because you're basically claiming that i was sitting in here cursing they weren't all cur- no i should let me i'll clarify i'm gonna go back and clarify i'm substituting words with poop they're like they're not even necessarily that bad of words just words that he probably wouldn't want on the podcast or i would probably get really awkward saying and start giggling and you know just like no they're not, they're not bad words they're just words words that like if you said in front of an elementary school kid they might go that's a bad word and then you laugh to yourself thinking that's not a bad word yeah that's, <laughs> that, that, that's more accurate so see it's not that bad things you get to observe during data collection been a real blessing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss that a little. Yeah, yeah. Because so there was one day where I even took a picture of Sarah and sent it as part of the well, text string. Because like, <laughs> I was like, me the things and it was breaking her vision of singing. So I just kind of had to lay back in my chair, take a moment, and stare. Yeah, she did. She, <laughs> she took a moment and sort of just stared into space and it was fine. Reevaluated everything. On. We got we got past it. Anyway, so. so but it's all good. It's all good stuff. You know what else is really exciting about this week? What's that? Um, Doctor Who. <laughs> Thank you. We're getting there. We're getting there. I, I was ready to go there okay. now. Okay. So it's time. The global simulcast Woo-hoo! of the series eleven <laughs> premiere of Doctor Who is Sunday. You'll be listening to this after it happens. True. We hope you enjoyed it. I don't know if you're in New York and actually at Comic Con. Any of our Vocal Fry listeners who want to chime in saying that, that they were actually that would be so at cool. NYCC. I'm jealous. Because uh, um, you know they're doing a live viewing with yes. Jody and Chibnall mm-hmm. in the... Yes. Well, because I saw that she did um, the... Is it the late show? She did Colbert, Colbert, didn't she? Yeah. yeah, she did Colbert. I don't remember what his shows. I can't I don't know the titles of the shows. But I saw that she did that because while I don't follow him on Instagram, I do follow mm-hmm. Doctor Who and probably her very soon because I'm, so ex- I'm just so excited. I have a friend who from high school who goes to the San Diego Comic Con every year, and I'm so jealous. She of goes her. to SDCC every year. Every year, I'm so Whoa. jealous. She has met so many. Whoa! Cool, and she's like super into cosplay too. Like, she, oh, she has so the like most she's legit, going dressed up. Every yeah, year like too. I think I don't 
know if she went. I think she went maybe as Gamora this year. I don't remember. But Whoa. That's dedication. It's. No, these people, it's a, it's I, its own subculture. Yeah, it is. And, like, I would love to go to a Comic-Con, but I don't know if I'm the type to go every... And I would dress up, sort of, but, like, I'm not the level of commitment that these people are. No, I think are. you should, Sarah. Sort you should of, fully commit. I if you're going to go... sort of want to put together a Sorcerer Supreme costume for Halloween this year. Do it! Do it! <laughs> do it! Anyway. I'm going to be Ray. Uh, who's Jamie going to be? Finn? Kylo Ren. Oh, oh of course. Of it's course. just really easy to get those costumes, and we both love those characters, so... That you're also sort of shipping them. I am shipping them, and I get to pick. Speaking our of of Star <laughs> so, Wars news yeah. this week, did you see my post about Star Wars? I may have fifty. Po- a U- University of oh, Southern California study wait, did giant data mining and found that fifty point nine percent of negative tweets about Last Jedi were actually from bots or uh, activists. You know what I did promoting see that? an extremist agenda. Really? And almost all of them were Russian bots. Yeah, I, I actually did. Um, I saw that because I liked 50 it. P- so in other words, for every negative tweet that went out, only a half bot of them basically picked it up and sent it out. Yeah. But only half of the negative reaction was, real. Ac- was, was real. Which is a shame because, I mean, Last Jedi was a really great movie. It was a great movie. Reaction, just and yet the world thinks it wasn't. Whatever. Well, most important movie of 2017. We've said it on the podcast ad nauseum. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> I, I have a question because I don't honestly don't know your your Doctor Who uh, acumen, shall it. we say? Uh, how are you caught up fully on Doctor Who? I am not. Have you okay. watched any of Capaldi or, or, or no Capaldi? No Capaldi. I actually stopped at Matt Smith. The end of Matt Smith? You saw the, the whole way through Matt Smith? No, I stopped at the beginning of Matt Is Smith because I was like, he's not the Tenet. The beginning. Uh, so, but in my defense, I've started back this week and I was like, I'm going to give Matt Smith another chance. So, I mean, I'm not going to have time to catch up. So I'm probably going to be watching simultaneously. Which I think is fine. I, I think they are I think very it's prepared fine. for that. I think they're very much treating this as a completely Almost new a show. Reboot, yeah. Basically. Yeah, a second reboot. Um, I will. I will. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but you know, it, people sort of like have their doctor who they sort of fell. Did you watch Eccleston before Tennant? Yes, I love Eccleston. So I, too. I, I, I am. A, I am a firm believer that David Tennant is the doctor, but my doctor up until now is actually Capaldi. That's true. Um, uh, because oh man, oh man. I will say so. Yeah, I'm a curmudgeonly old Scotsman at heart. I mean, let's just admit that's 100 percent accurate. <laughs> <laughs> there, is, there is no doubt in that. Uh, like, like it's the most accurate thing you've ever said about yourself. Because sometimes you say things about yourself, and I'm like, mm, I feel like we're fooling ourselves a little bit. But that that's curmudgeonly old man. On. That's it. That's it. Scotsman specifically. But who's a real teddy bear underneath? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is the most accurate thing you've ever said about yourself. Congratulations. Hence. You're there. <laughs> <laughs> you figured out. Self-actualization just happened. <laughs> right here. But, uh, this, again, this first, <laughs> this first week of October 2018. Uh, so anyway, that's why Capaldi was sort of... Your doctor. Yes, he was my doctor. So, so. I wasn't a huge... Matt Smith fan. The Not first on time the first watch because either. Because I was soup like this thing. I was kind of mourning the loss of Tenant. Like right. Tenant was like Us the too. doctor, but when then and I so I never really rewatched him until I made Jamie watch it. And then when I rewatch finally rewatched Matt Smith, I loved him. Yeah, there's something about that second go through that you just 
I don't know. He just clicked. Maybe I was just over it at that point. And what was interesting is it hit me when I, on the rewatch because my wife and I did a Who rewatch earlier earlier in 2018, uh-huh. mostly so that we could do it over the summer. I Makes mean, because we have time. Um, but we did a Who rewatch just in preparation for Series 11. And uh, I mean, we had watched Series 10 in real time, but but w- in preparation for 11. And Matt Smith, that very first episode with Prisoner Zero, it's like to me, he just caught me in a totally new way and totally convinced me that he was the doctor. Um, so much that I appreciate him every bit as much as I appreciate Tennant and Capaldi. That's my thing. Like, I think on my first watch through, I just saw him as so goofy and whatever. Right. But yeah. then on the second, I like... The more I've watched Matt Smith, the more I'm like, you are a much darker doctor than even what, 10. Like, I think so. Uh, because, ten, because 10 was so much out there with his anger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like Matt Smith, it's like layered it's, under like... He, he's hiding it. Like all that goofiness is just completely trying to hide the fact that he is so dark. And you honestly don't even maybe really even see it until the day of the doctor. Maybe, yeah. Um, which is what they're airing right before the series eleven Smart. premiere. I like it. They're just waiting to air the day of the doctor. The day of the doctor, and then they're gonna air the day of the doctor. Have you have you watched the day of the doctor? No, you should. You, I you have a lot of. You should just up. go ahead and skip ahead and watch the day of the doctor. Okay. No. I've now. When I watched it, it was several years ago. My best friend Anna from high school is a super big Whovian, and she's so we actually texted the other day about how excited she was about the new doctor. And um, so I watched like halfway through the first season of Matt Smith okay. and just couldn't get into it. But that was like several years ago. So I've now am rewatching starting at the beginning of uh, season five, Matt Smith, and I'm like three or four episodes in. But I have enjoyed it more this time around. And I think it it's helps funny. that I watched yeah. him in The Crown, too. And so I play a completely yeah. different type of character. And so I think I'm seeing, like you were saying, more character depth this time around. Series five's great intelligence, right? Have you met the Great Intelligence yet? They're the ones that you don't remember. The guy in Victorian England? Or maybe you don't remember. With the snowmen? No. Wait, I don't know. Okay, make sure you don't skip the Christmas episode from that season. Okay. Uh, Oh, no, that's that's with Clara already. I don't know. Just watch it all. I'll I'll watch it all. How about that? I need to rewatch No, that's after. I've also restarted Broadchurch. That's the first half of seven. Have you not finished Broadchurch? Like, have you watched all of Broadchurch? Oh, I've watched all of Broadchurch. My roommate, Laura, hasn't. And I was like... On Monday nights, we're going to slowly just watch one episode. Is that even possible? Can you watch one episode a week of something? When I the first season, I binge watched in like a day. Yeah, and then oh. I was an emotional wreck. Oh. <laughs> so that's why I was the like, the whole okay, first yeah, season slowly. of Broadchurch in a day. Oh, I it was, did that too. Okay, it's a horrible it's, mistake. It's a wonderful horrible thinking? mistake. Though. So with her, I was you like, we're watching one know. a week. Yeah, you need it's to know. It's David Tennant. You need to know answers. And you get and so it's immediately Jody's invested. Best season of oh, that show for sure. I, rewatching that first episode. I had a little moment. Oh, she's amazing. <laughs> because watching it back, knowing what's going to happen, and then watching her in that oh, first that God. scene where she runs on the beach and oh. completely loses it. Oh my goodness! I'm so oh. ready. I'm so ready. Well, anyway, you have good things to come. i now I have my seasons in order. Season five is fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of good stuff in season five. The river stuff really starts in season five. River becomes a whole lot more important. But mm-hmm. what I was gonna say is, make sure you don't skip matt smith's christmas episodes because they're if you're watching on amazon prime you actually have to go out of the seasons and watch the specials separately 
um, because they're different parts of the different packages. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, his Christmas specials become integral to the plot. Okay. So like you can't skip, skip. Yeah. you can't skip his Christmas specials. Got it. Um, but man, Matt Smith was a lot of fun. And then once once you get to Capaldi, I will admit, I personally think there are people who think that Capaldi's first season was actually great. See, I don't think they had a clue what they were doing with his character. Thing, like, I don't think they knew who he was that first season. Clara was already established. And so it's a, it's the same companion because Jenna Jenna Coleman ended up doing one more episode than any other companion. I think Billy Piper had done 49. I think she did 50. Okay. Um, I, I felt bad that Clara, like, that her last season had to be that first season of Capaldi because they didn't know who he was. I don't think no, they really knew. It, that was not her last season. Was that not her last season? No. His oh. first season is like the dinosaur in London. That's his first oh, episode. There's well, like there's like things that ha- there are good episodes in that season, but I still felt bad about when that. When you get to series nine, mm-hmm. Capaldi has taken over the Doctor because there yeah. are all that anger you talk about in Matt Smith. It's just there. It's under the surface. It's out in the open. No, yeah. it's 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 full on. He's having to deal with it because <laughs> because if you look at actually the timeline, there's a website where you can actually look up how many years the Doctor lived in each iteration of himself. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. So, for like example, like Eccleston's Doctor lived one calendar year. Yeah, David I mean, Tennant's feel- Doctor lived like three calendar years. Matt Smith lived like something like I think. 300 or 500 or 1200 years or something like that something like it was a while more it was it was longer but capaldi's doctor lived 4.1 billion years now granted he does not remember yes he does he took the long way round he remembers all of it oh he gets rebooted and has to figure it out every time Hmm. no because that whole time then he was strategizing how to get out well, it's because he left himself clues. See, I but I think once he got out, how else would he have known round about four point one billion years? Um. Oh gosh. Because I, the I stars remember. kept changing. Yeah. Right, and so he knew how long it had yeah, been. Yeah, from the stars, not from his memories. Anyway, point being that iteration. But still, of the, even if you knew you had lived four point one billion years, you'd be a little angry about it. Yeah, I'd be a little angry about it. <laughs> oh, and he was. Yeah, he he didn't he wouldn't take kindly that because they put him in there trying to get. She see, doesn't know yet. Oh, poopity poop! Well, sorry, I almost <laughs> gave a huge thing away. <laughs> she doesn't Ooh. know. Stop, Sarah. Sarah I'll oh, binge watch goodness. a bunch this weekend. Stop, Sarah. Well, you're not gonna get there. You're not gonna get there. Oh, I, man. You, even I if you even yeah, stop. I'll get there eventually. I'll let you know whenever I'm I get. So, it. You'll know because you'll I'll be keep you updated, like, Sarah. I but you've got good things to look forward to. Season six, series six is incredible. That's all the stuff with the impossible astronaut, demons run. Yeah. Um. I mean, Mel. Pond. I mean, just I everything in series six. <laughs> Dorian is in season six. It's. it's I mean, it's, it's good. Like Matt Smith. You have not met the silence yet at all, right? No, I have not. Oh. <laughs> so, and that's one of the reasons that when you're watching Christmas episodes, you have to watch. What is it called? A town called Christmas. Is that what the name of the episode is? I don't, What's the name of the episode? I'm. I'm not. Oh, that's great. the time of the Doctor. 
Christmas episodes are hit or miss for me. Like, I don't actually think I've seen all the Christmas episodes because most of my watching of Doctor Who has been over Netflix and they don't have any of them or didn't have any of the Christmas episodes on there when because I was Matt watching. Because Matt Smith's finale is one of the Christmas specials. Okay, that's true. The Time I of the Doctor see, was a Christmas special after the Day of the Doctor. Um, but, but I mean, just some of the things that, oh man, oh, 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 <laughs> goodness gravy. I didn't realize, okay, because that's the thing, like, when he told me that you were going to talk about Doctor Who, because you'd watch Doctor Who, I was like, I didn't even realize Ashlyn had watched Doctor Who, which I probably should have, but I didn't know how much, and so this makes sense. I've dabbled in most of the nerdy things. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, there's a lot of nerd dabblers out there, that's right. Well, just like, you know, once you, like, if you like nerdy things, and all of a sudden there's this new fandom, you're like... Well, I'll give it a shot. Like, you know, I like all these other things. Let's okay. we'll give this a try. So we're running out of time, even though I would love to just keep talking about this the rest of my entire work day. <laughs> um, predictions sure to go wrong for the premiere of Series 11. Oh, mine is that she has amnesia. Has amnesia. I think there's some good. That's that's there's been certainly my some prediction. good teaser stuff in that in the trailers. Yeah, that's been my prediction is that she initially has amnesia. Don't know how f- for how long that might be a thing, but when do we see the TARDIS? I in episode my, one, I already made my prediction, but the very end, the end finale, of, I, I think finale, end season, of season finale. No, I think we find the TARDIS at the end of of the first episode. At the end of the first episode. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, that's my. That's do you think it goes back to that jungle scene? Why do you keep asking me for predictions? I don't know. Well, I mean, that would make sense. That is where we see her have the key and whatever. Prediction's sure to go wrong. I, I'm i not a predictor. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Sorry. But I, okay. I do agree with Sarah. It's very likely that she probably will have amnesia at the very beginning. Um, Just based on like some of the little clips. I find if I predict, then sometimes I'm disappointed when I'm like, well, they didn't do the thing I thought they were going to do. Why didn't they ask me? And I get a little up in arms about it, and so then I just, I just don't predict. I, I just enjoy for what it is. They did release a social media banner this week that did have like in, that, that on Instagram it broke into like three different pictures okay and so like the first picture was of her the middle picture was of a flying TARDIS and then the final picture was like just Doctor Who series 11 premiere blah blah the information but it's very interesting to me I my here's my prediction something is going to happen in this episode that is very surprising whatever that is i mean like like super surprising maybe the doctor can teleport herself or something something that's very and and i i say that because why else do the global simulcast now i mean they are doing these they are doing these screenings that there are some people out there who have spoilered reviews on on the internet. I've not read any of them. I will not be reading any. Nope. Um, I guess Hollywood Whoa. Reporter has one that's like spoiler free of their sort of spoiler free review I'm of of the episode. I'm not going to read it anyway. I don't want to know anything going into um, this. Um, I I'm just so excited for her iteration of the Doctor. I can't wait. I, it has the potential to do some really great things. I agree. Yeah, um, I agree too. And I think the world needs this iteration of the Doctor. I think this is important socially, just as we need Captain Marvel in yeah. February. But yeah. I think that <laughs> I'm excited um, for that too. Me I too. think that the world the needs this premiere. Uh, we will be back. We are going to figure out a way to record after. Yeah, since we watch it. Yeah. Um, even though. Yeah, we're going to figure it out, how to get an episode of this. Well, I guess we we can't wait to record till Friday. 
Yeah, we can record right after. Shoot, you want a third host? I'm sure Jamie would love to talk about Doctor Who. Yeah, we may have to do that. Okay, so we'll figure That'd that out. Yeah, um, but we're actually fun. celebrating my wife's birthday. Big yeah. shout out to Mrs. Vocal Fry uh, <laughs> on her birthday. Her actual name. Yeah, you know. she got it legally changed. Uh, love you, Mandy, and thank you for giving me my beautiful family and all my beautiful children, and you're amazing, and thank you for oh, everything you do that for, was tender. for our family. We're making you a TARDIS cake on Sunday. Um, so so because so her birthday coincides with the global simulcast. So I mean, what other kind of birthday? All cake the celebrations. She's actually she's actually traveling to the University of Houston today to judge their concerto competition. Exciting. So she's uh, she'll be back with us by Sunday. Not exciting. Ashland anyway, very quickly, <laughs> breakfast. Uh, I had those little Weight Watcher pumpkin muffins. Have I talked about those yes. before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have chocolate. Oh Lord. <laughs> uh takeaways Stop. i'm I'm ready bring on the doctor who bring it on i don't know if i feel that way about data analysis but bring on the doctor who bring on the data <laughs> analysis ah no um my takeaway this is not anything we've talked about on the podcast okay. but i've been thinking about it a lot this week please um we make music generally speaking not to be perfect in fact, we make music to communicate and to have our audiences feel something. Amen. And it never needs to be perfect. If Amen. it's perfect, it's not doing its job. That's, I like that. What a lovely note. We to communicate on. the human condition. Yeah, we do. Which is imperfection. Yes. Brava. That's well, this is nice. Absolutely. What that was very, very Michael S. It was very Michael S. I love it. That was uh, that was sort of just just uh, wonderful, which Man. I have thought about it all week. But yes, I've come to that conclusion with my own singing, with me being in all the choirs that I'm in. Well, I think it is going to perfection lead. is never the goal. Like, it, and if that is your outlook, then you're definitely going to be a lot more just satisfied with what you put out there. Amazing. Yes, as you should be. Yeah. Yeah. Keep your mind open, folks. Oh, goodness. The world is going to keep changing. You're like one big teaser trailer. The vocal fry (laughs) world is going to keep changing. So everybody just buckle up. The next few years are going to get rocky in voice acoustics land. And everybody buckle up because the ride's going to be like we're in a Jeep on safari over some rocky terrain. But it's going to, but I think in the end, the path will end up being paved so much better. I don't know. Safari riding a Jeep sounds like a great time. I feel like it's (laughs) like the doctor flying the TARDIS with the parking brake on. That's what we're trying. I think, I think, I think that also sounds like a great time. I think the (laughs) attempt is being made to take the parking brake off. I think it's the point is that we've been flying the TARDIS with the parking brake on, on and not realized it. Uh, River Song told us that quite some time ago. Wait, are we still talking about um, Acoustics? voice or are we talking about Doctor Who again? Uh, maybe yes. both. Both? Help. <laughs> there we go. We did it. <laughs> okay, bye. Peace out. Bye. <laughs>